Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Can we do like a, a quick rapid fire on a couple bottom six guys that we haven't touched on? Just I just want to get you, gauge you guys' opinions on, do you think they're trending towards making the team or not? So I'll start with Jesper Boquist. What do you guys think? I think so. I think the Bruins are going to like his versatility and and just his uh, his high floor. I think um, as a player in the bottom six, I think he'll be a reliable player for them in in in, in different roles if need be. Um, I haven't been very impressed by him honestly, but I do think he's ahead of some of the other bubble guys. So he's a bottom six player on this current roster as it stands right now. Yeah. Jacob Lauko in. I think he's um, probably Providence. I feel like maybe to start. Is that even well, an option for him? Is he, is he, is he on a one way or two way still? Uh, well, he's on a, he's on a two way contract, but he needs to go through waivers. So his, his salary goes down if he's in Providence, but he, he would be exposed and someone could potentially claim him. Hmm. Bridget, what do you think? I mean, that, one, that, that one's tougher. That is tougher. Um, that one is harder. Um, I feel like maybe, yeah, but that kind of brings you back to thinking. I'm just like jotting down like potential lines. And that makes me think if he if he does make it, then that really does mean we are not seeing Beecher to start the season. And we talked about how that's kind of the easier move to make. So maybe they, to start the year, make the, easier move send Beecher down without exposing him uh so I'm gonna guess I'm gonna go with yes he's on the team to start the season yeah I I, I realized I didn't get my answer but yeah I think Boquist I think is in right now Lauko I think is in we saw Alex Chieson get released from his PTO he's gone Danton Heinen still here on a PTO I thought he played pretty well Friday you guys think he's in oh where are you leaning there i think it's a, i think it's becoming a numbers game and um i just think i think i think patra just like making this case for himself to start the year i think on nine games it's just it's taken a spot away from somebody and you know frederick and geeky i think are locked into that third line to start and then you look at the fourth line and and obviously hein is on a center right so I think those two guys have those wing spots, especially if Patra's in that three C to start. And then the fourth line, you know, obviously it's 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 one of Browner Beecher, right? And then you got Lucic and yeah, like I think of Boquist, so and Lauko. So I think I think Heinen might uh he might get the old thanks, but no thanks. Uh correct me if I'm wrong. Morgan Geeky uh, I mean he would he would be an option at fourth line center. He was fourth line center with the Kraken. So mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily geek. I see geeky. Maybe if, if Potter makes the team, which we're, we're basing like this around him making the team currently geeky probably centers the fourth line. Um, and if Lauko makes the fourth line, 
and Lucic is your other fourth liner, that does leave Heinen outside the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think Heinen. I feel like there's only room for two out of the three out of Boquist, Lauko, Heinen. You know, guys who are going to mostly play wing. Like Boquist has played a little center. I don't think it's his strongest position. Um, so yeah, it does kind of seem like it, it was weird. like after Friday night's game, I thought maybe Heinen's getting an edge on on Boquist in particular, and then I thought. Boquist played well Monday night and Jim Montgomery has had very good things to say about Boquist pretty much all camp. So I feel like that's, that's kind of telling, um, especially because, you know, Heinen's one of his former players at Denver. He was, he was his best player at Denver. Like mm-hmm. he could easily be over the top on praising Heinen if he, you know, really thought he was going to be hanging around. Um, and then I guess the last one, and I kind of feel like just based on what we we're already talking about, we all think he's, he might be gone, but AJ Greer is, is he making a case to stay or do you see him getting shuffled out? Um, I think he's out. Uh, I liked him last season. I think he's somebody that was well liked in the locker room as well. Um, I mean, when I'm drawing up the fourth line. I could see it being Lucci, Geeky, Greer, or or something like that. Um, but he's not the one that we keep circling back to. Like our our guys. Like like honestly, when I was drawing this up, he came way down towards the bottom of my list. Um, I think if if it's true, and they're really focusing on this this season having a tougher lineup, um, which has been mentioned in training camp, that this is going to be a season that they focus on being more physical, then maybe because of that, he is in over somebody else. Um, but Lauko is also somebody who can be physical. Both of those guys got into fights in the preseason um, to try to make those cases for themselves. Yeah, I think I think Lauko placed – Greer tries to play tough, but I think Lauko is more effective at playing tough just because he gets under player skins. He's, you know, a faster skater. He's on the forecheck more. I think, yeah, I think Greer is one of those situations where if he's on a line with Lucic, there's just not enough good hockey plays being made out there um, on the wings, in my opinion, if those two are on the ice at the same time. And like, if there's a, if there's a five on five line brawl, yeah, it'd be nice to have those two, those two guys in the same line, and you know, whatever. But like, um, we need. I, can we can we get one per game? Like, if that's yeah. the line, like I want one per game. I mean, if if things were to get rough, right over over a playoff series or stretch of regular season games, and you have a lineup that has Lucic and Greer and Frederick and a couple guys that can drop the gloves, it's great. I don't think that's the game anymore. Like, that's clearly the league's not really like that anymore. Um, I just don't think Greer – look, he he had some good plays last year. He started off strong, great preseason, good starts to the regular season. A um, couple of, you know, nice goals from throughout the year, but I just don't think he makes enough plays with on a stick, with a puck on a stick to really merit, especially when you've brought in toughness this year in Lucic and whatnot. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, 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 tough, it's tough, but it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game, you know? Yeah. Um, 
can I say, like, when I'm looking at who he has to beat out, he has to beat out uh, Heinen, Lauko, or Boquist, really. Um, and possibly two of them. Like, you might have to beat uh, out yeah, two of those guys. Possibly two. So, um, that's it's tough. And it actually, I mean, if you think about it, Boquist, and Heinen are not the same kind of players as him. So it's really more about beating out Lauko in a way if that's – if the Bruins prioritize a, a, a heavier kind of player than a more kind of skilled player. Um, I'm Boquist and Heinen are both not known for being super physical, um, and Lauko and Greer are. So uh, that could be the determining factor on the decision between him and say Heinen or Lauko. Yeah. It, it, it sort of felt this way from the moment they signed Lucic, but there's like, there's a lot of duplication there and it kind of felt like signing Lucic, you know, potentially already put the writing on the wall for Greer. Like it's just hard to see a spot for, for both of them. Like you're, you're going to want, you want guys in your bottom six who can do more than, you know, just throw some hits and drop the gloves. Like, yeah, I get that they want to be more physical and Jim Montgomery has said that, but you also lost a lot of offense from last year and someone needs to provide secondary scoring. And like, there's not a lot of offense in Greer's game. There's not a lot in Lucic's game now. You know, if Patrick Brown's around, there's not a lot in his game. That's not what he does. Like, someone someone's going to mm-hmm. bring some, and and he wants some speed somewhere. So yeah, yeah I mean, Geeky, if Geeky centers that, then it, I mean, I I kind of like no, the idea. Like, I I just I, sometimes I just root for chaos, and the the chaos that would be caused by a line that had Greer and Lucic on it. Um, I'd be willing to just um even though it may not be the best looking line that you could put together, I'd be interested in seeing it. So just, just purely in an enter from an entertainment standpoint. It it would be like watching the bash brothers for sure. But (laughs) I, I don't, I don't love the idea of, and, and, and look, to be fair, I need to watch him more. It's so but I don't love the idea of Morgan Geeky centering a fourth line with Lucic because I don't like the foot speed there. Um, I, I I actually really like the concept of a line. And again, maybe it's not on October 11th against Chicago, but maybe it's in December or November or maybe later. But I, I like the, uh, the concept of a line with Beecher and his size and speed, but modern age skill set um, centering – an old school brute in Lucic and then, you know, the young new modern, modern pest um, with skill in Jacob Lauco. I think there's a lot of grit there, a lot of size and speed and just that, that could be a good fourth line. I think in that case, Bolquist is out too. Well, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I mean, or maybe <laughs> as an extra forward. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there's always an extra guy. Forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's always changing, you know, but I just mean like, I think that's an effective line, and I I'm not sold on that line defensively. I'd have to see it, but I just think that there's some potential there. I yeah, I I, I just the only thing I disagree with is I think that Geeky would 
make the most sense to start at at fourth line center if Patra is like we're we're I feel like I'm writing this whole thing around like the only player I haven't moved at all was Patra in the third line center role. Um but I feel like Geeky centers the fourth line and to, to just like kind of compare it to last year's fourth line, he did have better stats than Nosik um in fewer games last season. Uh Nosik was a guy that did not have a lot of offensive output and that that fourth line wasn't necessarily a line that you could look at for depth scoring. And, he, and even at times Greer was one of the people who was doing it. So um, that line, I know you're looking for depth scoring, but that line, it could be more of an energy line if you wanted it to be. Yeah. I mean, the, I just think like it changes the dynamic. Like, yeah, Geeky does bring more offense than Nosik. Nosik was better defensively. So soft, I think. Right. Yeah. So like, if it's Lucic, Geeky, whoever, I don't think that's a line that's, you know, starting like 75% of their shifts in the D zone. I I, I don't know that that line is going to be good enough defensively to handle that. So yeah. it just changes the dynamic. It changes how you use it. It certainly could work. Um, but the same I, thing I is, also if like, you're... I do also like Brian's idea though. Like I, I like the, the two faster plates with Lucic and, we we saw that exact line, Lucic, Beecher, Lauko, I think to start training camp or very early in training camp. I don't I don't remember if they got in I don't remember if they played a game together, but they definitely had several practices together. And like that element seemed to work of like two faster guys with you know Lucic kind of holding down the fort, whether it's around the net front or you know, dipping below the goal line or whatever. Well, just to play devil's advocate again, uh, you think that Beecher defensively is better off than Geeky? Uh, I mean, we're talking about two guys that... He might be. Okay, well, that's just the question. Like, because he's... This is going to be his first NHL experience. So if you have him centering the fourth line, like, you need to make sure he's defensively sound as well. Yeah. I mean, part part of part of this year for me, though, as well, is like, let's find out. You know, yeah. like let, let, let's give let's give him a little bit of leash to see. Um, that's kind of part of this year for me too. I, I don't know the answers to that for sure. To Scott's point, like he might be, he could be. And I honestly, I, like I said, I haven't seen Geeky a ton either because he was out in Seattle and and Carolina mm-hmm. before that. So um, that's part of this too. Like like see see what guys can do with what the the opportunity that's out there. And that's again like last year was fun to watch this team go on a historic pace. But there's there's so many more storylines this year to follow um that we didn't get to, get to follow last year competition do you, constantly do you think greer would get claimed i don't know I, I think it would be really close because i could definitely see i could see some team out there just saying like hey we need a little more toughness we need someone you know willing to drop the gloves like mm. i mean look he he played 61 games for the greatest regular season team of all time. Like clearly he didn't, he didn't hurt them. (laughs) You know what? You know what I mean? Like he had a role and for the vast majority of the season was pretty effective at it. So I could definitely see a team looking at, at what he did last year and saying, yeah, you know what? We have a spot for that on our fourth line. Do you think Lauko would get claimed? Yeah, I do. 
Okay. Cause I feel like that could factor in like, who are we willing to risk? Like roll the dice who can, who is more likely to clear. Yeah. I mean, I guess Greer would be more likely to clear. Um, I just think because Lauka is a little younger, like I think teams would see a little more upside there. So um, yeah, I, I think he would probably get claimed. And the Bruins have also spent more time on him, right? As a homegrown yeah. prospect, right? So yeah, I mean, this is, there's two more preseason games before October 11th. So you have, they play the Rangers and then the Capitals. So still some, some games to shake, to shake some things out. And, you know, we'll, we'll, get a better obviously idea of the opening night roster and we'll have predictions for the season and whatnot. But um, did either of you two have any other storylines from the weekend? I was just going to say that opening night hype video is going to be very different than it was last year. Like, you know, the the video they play before is like so much Bergeron. I mean, even Greer has the, like the highlight where he grabs a B and kisses it. Like just to think about like, how different they're good. That's going to be completely yeah, well, different. Well, they, they can bring back all the Lucci highlights. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just be, the old one. The one him throwing someone through the glass. Bring that one back. It'll be a combination of uh, Milan Lucci 08 highlights and Charlie Coyle <laughs> South Shore Kings highlights. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a different one. I'm, I'm ready for it because Scott and I, we get our popcorn, we sit down and we we listen to the anthem and we watch the hype video and then we get some hockey going. The the only, the last guy I was going to mention, it was someone who I would say five days ago I thought might make a push. Um, and that's Anthony Richard who just his speed stands out. He, he's a very fast skater. Uh, I think the last two games have been kind of rough for him. So, you know, he was, he was a top 10 score in the AHL last year. You could kind of see the Bruins thinking of, you know, they got Greer right after he had a breakthrough AHL season after years of bouncing around. Anthony Richard did the same thing last year, like career year after bouncing around, seemed to find his game. Um, I just, the last couple games, I think he's, it's, you know, he struggled and that's, that's probably enough to, to drop you out of, out of contention for a bottom six job. Um, he also has to go through waivers. So maybe someone claims him or he ends up in Providence, but there, there was a time not too long ago. I thought he might be able to make a push, but doesn't really seem mm-hmm. like it. And two transactions we haven't talked about, but Kyle Kaiser and John Farinacci were both set down to Providence and Farinacci was, somebody they grabbed as a free agent when he became available, his eligibility ran out with Arizona. He came over, he's a Harvard guy. Um, We talked a little bit about him when that um, signing was made and he's one of the first call downs to Providence. Um, Once again, a numbers problem there with him and probably wanting to get a better look at him uh, because when he was with Harvard, he did have some injury issues. I think he's a, he's a decent player. So we'll see what happens with him in Providence this season, but, Kyle Kaiser, the goalie, and John Farinacci, uh, both sent down to Providence. Yeah, I think that that's a while, like 12, 14 guys that have been sent down now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Farinacci was always going to need AHL time. Uh, you know, Michael DiPietro cleared waivers, so he got sent down. Kaiser, I imagine, is going to clear waivers. We'll find out uh, Tuesday afternoon. And then he'll get sent down and then you have, you know, you keep all your, all your goalie depth right now. They're down to 
you know, only three of them left in the NHL camp, all Mark Swayman Bussy. So um, I imagine it's probably all Mark Swayman the rest of the way in preseason, but maybe Bussy gets a game or half a game at some point. Yeah. Maybe a period. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's one player um, I meant to ask you guys about how you felt that their, their camp has gone so far, whether it's during games or in practice, but um, is Brett Harrison. Oh yeah. I think, I think he's been good and he's, you know, he's hung around longer than, well, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but you know, he, he has hung around and I think you definitely see like his shot is just a strength. Like, if he gets set up in a scoring area, he has a really good shot, hard, accurate. Um, I think he's brought some other things as well that have, you know, even on top of that. And he's doing it as someone, you know, kind of playing wing for the first time. He's maybe played a little wing in the past, but he's a natural center that they're they're starting on the wing this year in Providence. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been encouraged by what I've seen from him. Uh, in the same vein of someone who I think has, you know, impressed a little more than I was anticipating and hung around a little longer, Trevor Kuntar too, the, you know, Boston college product. Um, I saw him, I did a few Boston college games last year. I saw him, well, I saw him in one game. He was suspended for the other game. Um, they had a whole uh, Bruins line of, three guys that were all drafted by Boston. And and he was, I mean, he's a, he's a tough player in, in college hockey. He was physical, hence the suspension. Um, and he's not afraid to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. I'd say both of them, Harrison and Kunta are obviously, you know, very long shots for NHL playing time in the, you know, immediate future. But I think they've both, they've both shown out pretty well this preseason and in training camp and, you hope to see them build on in Providence and just create even more depth. You know, Kuntar as a winger and Harrison as, as a wing for now, but uh, eventually you hope down the line as a center. Mm-hmm. And just one last name to, to throw out there uh, because he shares the same last name as our own Scott McLaughlin, which is Mark uh, McLaughlin. <laughs> thoughts, just thoughts on him. Cause the one guy we've not mentioned at all. Brian, you want to go first on on any of those guys? Yeah, you know, I I think it probably speaks a lot to just the situation, but yeah, I, I haven't even I haven't even thought about him this entire this entire episode, and and we've been talking about bottom six possibilities, and it's not that I don't think he's played himself out of that at all. Um, has he really done much to stand out from the rest? I don't know if he has, but I liked what I saw out of him last year, and I think he's a reliable player, or not last year because he was in Providence all year. Uh, but the year before when he came up at the end of the season and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think he last year was maybe, maybe an up and down season in, in, in Providence for him, at least offensively, but you're not looking for him to be an offensive juggernaut in Boston. You want him to be a, a sound two way responsible player on the fourth line at some point. So um, yeah, uh, good to bring him up. I could honestly completely forgot about him as an option. Um, so, but I don't see him winning a spot this camp because based off of what I've seen, yeah, I think yeah, he, it's like I don't think you know it's it's weird because last year this time we thought we thought Mark McLaughlin was very close, and I think possibly all three of us thought he should have made the opening night roster. And I think we had Nosek out of the. I'm pretty yeah. sure we we were low on Nosek. 
And like, I don't think Mark McLaughlin has done anything over the last year to warrant like dropping further down with the organizational depth chart or anything. I think it's just a sign that as much as we focus on, oh, the Bruins are a lot thinner in the top six, which is true. They have gotten deeper with bottoms, just like quality forwards who could compete for NHL jobs. And I think as a result, yeah, McLaughlin seems to kind of have gone shuffled out a little bit to where he's, it doesn't really feel like he's in serious contention for an opening night spot. I think he's had, I think he's been solid this preseason in camp. I think he's had some moments. Um, I thought Monday night, I thought he started the game. He looked like, like his tail was on fire. Like he was, he had like a really energetic first shift. And then it kind of, you know, sort of waned in and out a little bit, had some, some good plays that I noticed him. Um, you know, he was with Potra for a good chunk of the night. And that line was the Bruins best line, him, Potra, Boquist. Um, but mm-hmm. Potra was clearly the one driving it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I feel like we'd be talking about McLaughlin more if he had a goal mixed in somewhere here because his shot is one of his strengths. And it, we haven't, for, like, forget burying chances. We just haven't really seen him even get many chances. I think he's another guy who only has like one or two shots on goal in, in his um, two preseason games now. So um, hasn't really been able to get in position to use that, you know, hasn't, hasn't scored at all. So if he's not doing that, you don't notice a ton about the rest of his game. Um, so yeah, I think he's a guy that, you know, if he gets called up at some point during the year, I think he's going to look, fine and you know he'll be perfectly fine in a fourth line role but it just doesn't feel like he's gonna get that out of the gate yeah do you think he gets another one more preseason game i would think um i don't know that'll be interesting because tuesday night is gonna be basically like the rest of the team that didn't play monday night and then i i think thursday night they're gonna want that to be pretty close to their opening night lineup. Like there might be a couple regulars who sit for that, but Mm -hmm. I don't, at least as of now, based on their plan, I don't think you're going to see too many guys who are, you know, clearly bound for the AHL. Okay. So maybe that was it for his, um, possibly preseason. And for a few other guys, like you mentioned, ramping up to, uh, look at what the actual lineup might be like on, on opening night. So to look ahead, uh, Tuesday, they're at the garden. Um, probably going to see Zaka, Pasenak, Marshawn again, McAvoy, um, maybe Lori. You think we'll see Lori again? Cause he yeah. didn't play Monday. I, so Tuesday we might see Lori again, uh, get another look at him. And I think, then, John, I think Johnny Beecher gets another game. I bet he's in Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so- if, if if this is the um, if if Potra doesn't play tomorrow because of obviously playing tonight, um, you'd have to imagine that he's going to get he's he's earned certainly another preseason look because they're, they're going to want to see that, and that would mean that they'll have to find a spot for him in the tune-up lineup for the last game. And I think that's kind of telling. Maybe there's some reason why he played tonight because they knew that that was the case. So yeah, um, and and maybe to Bridges' point earlier, maybe that's the game you 
see him play with Frederick and see what that yeah. looks like. So absolutely. That's what I was thinking. I'm I'm thinking get him next to Frederick as soon as possible at this point and, and see what that looks like. And, and uh, I think that pretty much progressively throughout preseason, everything they've done was kind of telling of how much they were impressed by him, putting him on the first power play unit um, on Monday, getting him, a lot of shifts playing him in different situations um, and the fact that he's played more preseason games than pretty much ev- everyone else. Um, he's played uh, three out of four. So, and, and a lot of guys uh, haven't not gotten and gotten as many looks as him. So I think there's a lot of things telling you that um, we might see him last preseason game and, and he might be there. And if he can drive a third line with Frederick and whomever else, you better put him on the team. <laughs> you better put him on the team. Well, and that was one of the the most encouraging parts of his game Monday night. You look at those first two games. The the first one, he's on a line with James Van Riemsdyk and Jake DeBrusque, established top six NHL forwards. Second game, it was Brad Marchand and was it Boquist, their their wing? I, I, I forget, but either way, Brad Marchand, one of the best left wings in the NHL. So if you were cynical, you could look at that and be like, all right, yeah, he looked good, but, you know, he's playing with really good players. Like, what does he do, you know, lower in the lineup? All right, well, Monday night, his linemates were Boquist and either Mark McLaughlin or Justin Brizzo. And it's like, with you know, Boquist and and McLaughlin are good players. Brizzo is big and strong and brings, you know, some power forward elements, but he's an AHLer. And yet Potter was still the best player on the ice. So like, okay, there you go. Like he did it without, you know, top six wingers elevating him. So um, yeah, that like, that was maybe the most impressive part of that. But it's also a testament to him that he can keep up and make plays with those top six wingers when he does, when he does get yeah. the opportunity, because not every player can do that. So it's, he, he's showing both, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, because he's in the first game was with DeBrusque and Van Riemsdyk. Second game was with Marshawn and I think Heinen to start. Oh, yeah, um, you're right. Yeah. And funny. and then uh, we see him with Boquist and McLaughlin uh, in his third chance, uh, which was preseason game four. He's really right. played with everybody, but the people he actually might play next to, I feel like. Yeah, I think he's going to be playing with uh, Montgomery next game. <laughs> Montgomery and Sacco. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. This has been kind of a an old school skate pod where it's been uh, pretty long. I think it's what, what six hours in at this point. Oh no, it's just an hour. <laughs> We're excited, guys! I talked to Nick, uh, one of the our friends who's a producer, and he's like, "You cannot get me to tune into preseason hockey," and I'm like, "This is my favorite part of the year." <laughs> so, um, ramping up for you know, getting excited for guys that could be fun storylines to watch and that's also we're about to start college hockey so i'm i'm all excited for hockey now and the red Sox are over <laughs> and they put us out of our misery so um i don't have to worry about that anymore and it's all hockey from here on out yeah and there was definitely a lot to cover and you know individual performances and whatnot so i think going forward obviously we'll see how these last two preseason games shake out and what the roster is looking like and I'm sure we'll be coming back for some, you know, roster projections, predictions, and standing projections and stuff like that. So, oh, um, Scott, aren't you putting an article out soon about that? Yes, no, 
did you already do that? Mm, well, I did. I did a rush projection after the third preseason game on Friday. So I'll probably do another one after like the last preseason game. I think mm-hmm. just do it every three games. Sounds but I, I, gotta, I gotta say, even just from like Friday, I already feel like I'm changing my mind on a few guys. So no, recency bias. Watch out was, for your recency bias. Yeah. Well, that th- that was part of me throwing throwing names at you guys. You know, get <laughs> trying to ch- yeah. cheating on the yeah. test over here. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be fun to watch the uh, the Calder race between Connor Bedard and Matt Patra. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, all year. There we go. <laughs> um, that'd but be yeah, incredible. So, that would be the biggest like dark horse story that we've seen in a long time. But <laughs> that's a long shot. But that'd be I great. Mean, based based off of what I've seen, I mean, Bedard's gonna be a hundred point guy this year. I mean, he's he's stupid. But um, I mean, based off what I've seen in preseason yeah. with with some opportunity, I could see. I could see Pacho scoring, you know, twenty-five to thirty-five points this year if if he plays like a full slate of games. I mean, he that, that's that's not nothing for a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, maybe maybe turning twenty. So, hey, P- Patrice Bergeron didn't win the Calder, so you're you're fine if you're not winning that. Yeah, but uh, didn't Rick he Ross? lost he lost out to to some some goalie that I think we might know. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right, guys, I think we got through way too much. Um, so I think we're it's time to sign off so that I can edit and then go to bed. All right, Scott, anything left from you? Nope. All good. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you very soon.